celebration of the end of the week. It's home time with Bush and Ritchie. It's a Friday. Hoping for a better weekend than last weekend. You may remember earlier in the week how I discussed that I got locked out last weekend and we, <laughs> we both agreed what a horrible experience being locked out of your own home and sat on your front doorstep is. Well, particularly if you live in a uh, cul-de-sac or close as you insist on calling it. You've been talking <laughs> to your neighbours. An anonymous email has come in through the week. People obviously catching up with the podcast that says as thus, I can trump anyone's lockout story. When I was at college, I lived in a shared house and our rooms had locks on the doors. During a very messy house party, I went to my room with my girlfriend at the time. (laughs) One thing led to another. I ended up in a shared bathroom. Naked. My My girlfriend left the room and closed the door. I had to go down to the party completely naked where around 50 people awaited. I borrowed some clothes from my housemate and ran up to the college housing officer's place to get a spare key. When I returned... I noticed the backside of the jeans I had borrowed was all torn up. So not only did I wake up the housing officer in the middle of the night, but also mooned him as I left. It was a great party, though. <laughs> that is brilliant. That, for me, is now the new international standard of a great night out. <laughs> brilliant. You might be able to answer a question for me that um, has been uh, has been bugging me since last weekend. Okay, um, I went to a, uh, a charity ball at the weekend. It was mm-hmm. great fun, um, and it was one of these ones where, in between the courses, there was entertainment that was going on. Right. Okay. Um, and uh, there were three acts that uh, came out and in, 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 entertained in between courses. First one, uh, two dudes come on and uh, were doing uh, fire eating. Oh wow! So sticking flaming torches down their throats, even like like setting. Uh, setting fire to their chests. And all the, it was just amazing. Absolutely yeah, incredible. So that was act number one. Yeah. Uh, act number two, uh, two dancers. Uh, well, I say dancers loosely. I mean, I, I wouldn't even know how to class them because at one point, the lady was actually stood balancing on top of the bloke's head. Wow, so they were like acrobats. Better description, far better description. A couple of yeah. acrobats. Stood on top of his head. He's sort of like wobbling around balancing. The third one was a drag act that uh, came uh, flying onto the dance floor uh, wearing a, a cape and a dress. The cape was sort of lit up with um, Christmas tree lights. As you do. And uh, he was miming to Candy Statton's uh, Young Hearts Run Free. Right. Um <laughs> That was the only act that got people up off their seats and filming on their phones. <laughs> there's, no, there's no talent. So what, they, they went crazy for the drag act, but were kind of like, nah, about the, the fiery. People and the that acrobat. are swallowing flames. People that were stood on top of someone else's head, yet people are filming a dude miming to Candy Statton. What's this all about? Do you know what, though? There's something about it. Have you ever watched RuPaul's Drag Race? That's why I'm asking you, because I know you watch it. We watch it. There's a British version for the first time they're doing right. a series in Great Britain, uh, and it's just there's something amazing about it. There's just a sense of fun. He's miming! I know, but it's a brilliant performance. It's, it's a not, performance. It's miming! Each, each of the three is a performance. The others are swallowing flames, man! Are you, are you, know, you know how these things end up on radio shows, Richie, where you'll say something's dead easy and you can bet your bottom dollar within three weeks you'll end up doing it? <laughs> I'll tell you right now, I ain't doing a drag act. Watch this space. I don't want to sound like a Friday grouch or whatever, but can I just make a statement? If you, and I mean you right now, if you have gone and got yourself one of these emoji face things that they've started doing, 
we can no longer be friends. <laughs> when has this become a thing? They've really freaked me out. This it's a problem for out. you and me, this, uh, because uh, I, I have done it myself. And you know what? Your other half, Natalie, uh, who I was... Because she obviously saw me moaning about it on Twitter. She's provocatively, like, winding me up, sent me a picture of her one, which is her with, like, a thumb up or whatever. <laughs> what is going... Why are people doing this? I, I, I'm doing it because, actually, if you do an emoji face, I'm happier with it than uh, my own face. Oh, come on At now. least you can't put a wart on an emoji. And that's why, yeah, we've had the keratin horn to the wart. <laughs> yeah. But in what context do they use, right? So you, you, you'll send a message to someone, say, let's say Natalie, then yeah. I'll, I'll be, you'll be back home in an hour for tea. Do you add your own face to that? Is that in the message? Uh, you'd, I don't think you'd add it to a message. I would use my emoji face just rather than typing a message. What, just your face? So if you're using it in the context of a discussion between uh, husband and wife, right. maybe if I get a message saying, Rocco's just fallen over in a puddle, right. I might go back with the, 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 the crying, laughing face actual emoji. That is just... Of me. That's just next level. It's next <laughs> level. If you do it, you need to stop doing it this weekend, please. <laughs> or if I saw a tweet from you sort of saying... Um, I'm feeling a little bit lonely. I might send you the, uh, the 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 kissing face emoji. I wouldn't want that. <laughs> Genuinely, I appreciate your concern. That's the last thing I'd need. Do you ever do something that you wind yourself up? You wind yourself up with your own behaviour? Uh, yeah, I guess so, yes, yeah, yeah. I I'm frustrate going, myself. I'm going through this thing at the moment that I can uh, attribute to working with you that I have done over the past year or so, <laughs> and it's, it means I've started to have sugar in my hot drinks. I, I haven't normally had sugar Did you in my not food. before working with me? You always have one sugar with yeah, yourself. I know, I taught you the Arsene Wenger way of making a cup of coffee, yeah. Uh, that's a terrible hand gesture <laughs> to go with it. Maybe just used to it with Arsene Wenger. <laughs> but, yeah, he always does this thing with, his, with sugar in his coffee. I always think it looks quite good the way you do sugar. So yeah, I I've, do. I've, childlike-wise, I've started to copy Richie and have sugar now and again. But I was in a cafe this morning and the woman said to me, uh, was, I ordered a cup of tea, and she said, do you want sugar with that? And I was like, no. And then I went, yeah, maybe I will. And she looked at me like, God, I don't even know yourself, mate. You're, you know, grow up a little bit. And someone tweeted me about it earlier on saying, Bush, for crying out loud, choose a team. I'd have to say, in fairness, I'd say on this kind of thing, you either want sugar in your tea and coffee or you don't. It's not sort of like a, do you know, yeah, I fancy with it, because it, it changes the taste. Well, I know, but sometimes I feel like I need that extra little kick. Do you know what I mean? I don't want builder's tea. I don't want, like, three sugars in it, but occasionally maybe I do want that little bit of sugar. But that's kind of weird. So I feel like I'm being massively indecisive, and I need to... Maybe I need to go, go away and think over the weekend and then, and then come up with a decision. There was a comedian, and I'm not going to name their name, I'm okay. not going to name their name, who came in and did an interview here, and I had to make them a cup of, uh, cup of tea before the interview, and they asked for 12 sugars. That, ca- that cannot be right. 12 sugars. Oh, my God. I could barely stir it. It was like a syrup. I'm absolutely desperate to know who that is. I'll tell you in around about three seconds. Oh! favourite biro? <laughs> <laughs> That's a random question out of nowhere, but um, I've got a biro I've become very attached to and I'm beginning to get worried. You know how you can you can see through um, I'm honestly know. already thinking of the text message I'm going to write to your wife just to make sure everything's okay. <laughs> ballpoint, is biro, biro might actually be a brand. I'm going to call it now a ballpoint pen. Well, okay. Well, in the way that people say tannoy or hoover. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Really? Well, because this one has got Bic written on the side of it, okay? It's my favourite ballpoint pen, but I'm down to, shall we say, the last quarter of the ink. Okay. And I find that this pen that I've got at the moment writes so much... It it all but glides across the page. (laughs) compared to your standard ballpoint pen. But I don't know much about these kind of pens. And it says Bic Crystal. 
Okay, so Whereas I've got another one there. here that just says Bic. So, I mean, crystals are expensive anyway, if you're, like, buying a normal crystal. So maybe it is a type of ballpoint pen that is sexier than others. So you think there might be, like, an actual crystal in your biro? That would be amazing. <laughs> Imagine that, a huge loss leader. They cost £95 each to make if you can buy them for 10p. I can't understand why the company's on the way down. Look, I tell you, some might say we've talked about ballpoint pens already too much. I suggest what we should do is stick a song on, yeah. right? If you know about ballpoint pens, get in touch. And when we come back, can you try these pens out as if there's a difference? Give it a little go. Like, um, was it called Words and Pictures? Yes. There was a, a, a hovering pen with a light on the I end. I do remember that. And it taught you how to do joined I up right. I think he was called Wordy. Wordy, that's the one. Right, we'll try a bit of Wordy next then. <laughs> Hometime show with Bush and Richie. This is Absolute Radio on a Friday. And um, what a cliffhanger we left you lot with just yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a ballpoint pen experiment is on the way. I've got uh, a favourite ballpoint pen. It says Bic Crystal on the side of it. Don't know much about ballpoint pens. Sounds premium, though, doesn't it? I've got three ballpoint pens here. I know which one's mine, all right? I want you to write your name with each one of those pens and then you tell me what you think is the best pen. Uh, Firstly, this reminds me of going into stationary shops. I love writing on the little white bit of paper that they've got on there. Secondly, if you're one of those people that doodles and you sign your own name, you're a narcissist. (laughs) (laughs) Some people sign their own name. They do, don't they? Nowhere else on the radio right now doing live ballpoint pen check. Okay, so the first one flows very, very, it's very thick, heavy blue ink. Mm -hmm. Second one doesn't work at all. It's like it's been in someone's pocket. Third one, very weak blue. So, um, which one's your favourite of those ones? I think it's this one here, the darker coloured one. Give it here, give it here, give it here. That's the one. That's the one. That's that the, the crystal. That's the crystal. Can I give you um, uh, an idea as to why that writes more flowingly than the others? Go on. But you're not going to like it. Go on. I think it's on its last legs. <laughs> well, it hasn't got much ink left. But you know, sometimes when things are just about to kind of pack in, you have like a little, like, final little lease of life with it. You know, like sometimes if you get batteries are about to run out, yeah. and then they're fine for like a day <laughs> before they kaput. I think it could be on its way. So this ink is just rushing to get out and I be think a dead pen. Pretty much, yes. How bleak. Hashtag dead pen. Have you on board? This is the Home Time Show. It's absolutely ready on a Friday. Something very exciting has happened. In fact, something very exciting this weekend. The Premier League is back. Football's back after the internationals. Did you used to uh, collect the old Panini stickers back in the day as a kid? Certainly did. I remember you had like a big wad of them with an elastic you band around it. and all that stuff. Things have moved on. Uh, there are now uh, trading cards. And uh, Panini have sent us some. Panini official trading cards. Oh, cheers. Uh, for the Premier League, Adrenaline XL. But look at this. Look at this. Giant actual ones of you and me. Well, they've made us into actual football cards. Actual Panini training cards. Now, um... You look quite cool and groovy. You've got a Hawaiian shirt on. I look like someone who might come around and value your house. (laughs) (laughs) Got a blazer on and a T-shirt. But look, attention to the detail. In the bottom corner, I'm a goalkeeper. You're a midfielder. Oh, that's nice. What what do the numbers mean, though? Well, this is what we need to look into a little bit. I've got some actual cards here. So it's an actual game now, rather than just... Previously, it was like trying to collect as many Gary Mabbitts as you can. (laughs) It was always it was the market was always flooded with Gary Mabbitts back in the day, wasn't One it? One for the kids. One for the kids. <laughs> and Spurs fans. Yeah. Um yeah, I think I tell you what, let's look into it. I'll look into the rules and we'll come back. I'm I'm almost nervous about opening one of these packs and comparing our numbers with actual Premier League players. You've got a very low looking number seventeen around your crotch area. <laughs> Just wonder what that is. <laughs> So I've worked it out. These uh, these Panini trading cards that they've sent in, and yeah. they've uh, they fitted you and me up. 
So they are fitted us up. <laughs> so you've got red sixteen, blue seventeen, uh, yellow sixty-two, and a green twenty-nine. The red is how good we are at defending. Oh, I thought these were your measurements. <laughs> the green is how good we are at attacking. Okay. And the blue figure in the middle is how good we are as a playmaker. And then in the uh, the, the yellow figure right in the middle at the bottom is our overall total. So you and I have both got an overall total of sixty-two. Really? Okay. That's not bad. 62. Sounds good. So let's open one of these packs here and see how we compare to actual Premier League players. So let's see whether we get on someone's ultimate team or something like that. Because, so, you know, the way Everton's season's going, mate, I'll have any form of a distraction football-wise, <laughs> even if it's made up. 62. So, uh, Aston Villa defender Ch- James Chester. What a, what a player. Never heard of him. 243. <laughs> hey! That's unbelievable. We're miles off the pace. Brighton midfielder, Solly March. Oh, what a guy. 238. <laughs> this is not panning out well, is it? Um, Arsenal central defender, Rob Holding, 233. Wow, so we're, we're, we're not even like a, a third of that. Arsenal goalkeeper, Burnt Leno, 238. Right, this is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's too late. I know they've made big, big cards of us, but can we have a recount, please? So my nine-year-old daughter went on a uh, very cool school trip today to uh, like a museum or something in central London, mm-hmm. like interactive museum, got to like have a go on a load of stuff, got a cool lecture from this scientist and everything as well. And she's quite like nonchalant about it, a bit like... Mm-hmm. That's a right. cool school trip. It's a really cool school trip. And I use this phrase too much with her, but I genuinely don't think she knows how lucky she is, <laughs> particularly when it comes to school trips, because uh, since since she's been born, since she's been on this planet, she's only ever been on good school trips. Yep. And I think kids these days don't know what terrible school trips used to be like, how bad they used to be back in the day. I'll name one for you. We didn't even get a coach. I remember my primary school, we had to walk to the local church and do brass rubbing. See, I, we did brass rubbings at our local church as well. It makes me grim. think Makes me think that we didn't realise at the time, but that was actually on the primary school curriculum. Yeah. Everyone had to go and rub brass at a local church. Bit of local brass rubbing. I think as well, <laughs> if you can walk to it, it's not technically a school trip, is it? Agree. It's too close. Uh, we did another one. We went to Morwellham Quay down in Devon, Cornwall type way and watched a bloke in a tunic make a barrel. I have awful. to say, it sounds like she's had a very, very cool school trip today. Yeah. There is one problem about it that I have that I'm going to take you to task on next. Fair enough. So your daughter had this school trip um, into central London, museum. Very cool, very cool school trip. This says to me they weren't on a bus. No, they weren't. When I think about it, most of our school trips uh, were obviously, you know, I talked about the one where we walked, but otherwise, one of the privileges was getting on a coach, wasn't it? Or a bus. And not not a kind of funky modern coach, though. I have to say, one of the things that I struggle with these days, and this this reflects more on me than it does anyone else, is, is, is seeing a school trip when I get on London's Underground. Oh, yes. Okay, I mean, I love the fact... I, I, I have full respect for teachers uh, yeah. when I see them taking a, a school trip. It must just be so much harder and all the hoops that you've probably got to uh, jump through just to make it even happen. So the respect that I have for them is huge. But when I see them in their little tabards, it's all about me. I yes. get very selfish. I'm thinking, oh, please, not my carriage. I, I've moved. I move quite. If I see them, my pivot... <laughs> And get on the next carriage, and I'm not. I'm literally not putting up with that. I'm not being kicked by Gary from <laughs> Class Eight. Sorry, are kids called Gary anymore. I don't even know. 
it's home time in the sunshine. It's Bush and Richie. Uh, so thank you for all the people who got in touch and suggested uh, sweets or treats I should get for Richie. I was going to the corner shop around the corner from work here. Uh, just put a blanket tweet out there saying, what shall I get him? Uh, varied selections came in. Uh, the overwhelming thing that I wasn't expecting is that so many people seem to have a problem with or hate Red Bounty, which is dark chocolate bounty. Uh, obviously, I think it must have been in the picture because I took a photo of the aisle with all the different sweets on it. It seems like everyone hates the Red Bounty. What's the problem with the Red Bounty? I think it has got two things that are controversial. One that is uh, coconut in like a chocolate form. which I like coconut in a chocolate form. Uh, Do you not then, like normal bounty then? I don't like normal bounty, no. Oh, I'm glad I avoided that. But then dark chocolate as well is probably... I, I think dark chocolate's too healthy to be a fun snack. Even when matched up with something fun and knockabout and beach-like, like coconut. Because <laughs> <laughs> I always think I'm on some form of posh holiday. Do you know what I mean? I think if someone's bought you dark chocolate, uh, they're either trying to come on to you or they think you need to be healthier. Well, I really am glad I didn't get you the red bounty. <laughs> that would have sent out completely the wrong message. So can I just say, by in the way, in, uh, by the way, what I did actually get him was a box of Smarties and a, what was it, a Rubicon Guava. Rubicon Guava, and I, I had to stick about that. Some, what's it, Ella, who used to work here, said, terrible choice. I'd be fuming if you got that for me. I'm going to defend you because I drunk the Smarties in around about 45 seconds. You did, they went. And I think I was belching Guava for about five hours. But what a belt. What a thing to belch. Home time, Bush and Rich Heat, Friday evening. Football's back. That's one thing I'm very excited about at the weekend. The nerd in me is going to be intrigued to see how the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium looks, considering that last Sunday it was hosting NFL and then football's back this weekend. What an amazing thing. A lot of the people from uh, some of the organisations involved in the game, whether it was like, you know, the Oakland Raiders or whatever, or the actual, I think the commissioner of the NFL was there at the game. He said it's one of the best stadiums he's ever been to in his life. If I, if I just looked at it as a stadium and took away my allegiance yeah. I would probably agree. Would you swap stadiums? No! <laughs> Look, we don't want to go down that route. What I will say is that I make my debut on the uh, Absolute Radio Rock and Roll American Football Podcast with our lovely Jay Lawrence. I think his American fella had a bit of a, had a tumble or something. He was uh, a last minute injury so they got me in as like a super sub. Uh, should just say here you like your American football. If it was me that they'd asked it would be a pretty poor podcast. I think you'd have done a good job. I think you'd have blagged it a bit on. I think you probably one of these people who could blag most sports sports chat do I know an American footballer 